0: Oh, any questions tonight? Yes? Um, I was talking this someone about this. I asked when you started publicly um, preaching uh, about internal stroke and uh, the idea that it's not apparent in the jiva. I was wondering when privately uh, you had come to this conclusion and how? That this group's not inherent in the G. Exposed to so much um, mixed messages in this uh, I was wondering how you came uh, to the conclusion. Well, just by, um, um, I think, um, going to the Seminal texts. Then um, we have the f- founding acharyas of the Sampradaya, the Goswamis, Rup and Goswami, and so forth. And their texts are the seminal texts, which are can- canonized, so to speak. They're, they're scripture for us. What they are is commentaries on the Bhagavatam and and, um, and um, other texts that are accepted by all different lineages in India and our lineages particular interpretation of them these are you know the goswami's books and um, and so after that then whatever points we may raise and so forth um, in sharing the teaching they should be supported by the foundational texts. And um, and I know that sometimes, quite often for that matter, when we're sharing the tradition with others, we can't tell everybody everything, or we think of a creative way of trying to make a point to them that it will resonate with them. And um, in doing so, it that may also be misinterpreted or... Or um, you may even employ some device for um, bringing someone's understanding along. That is is kind of a, st- a strategy for for preaching at the time, given where you are and the circumstances and the psychology of the persons that you are speaking to. And um, there, because I do a lot of, even in ISKCON, I did a lot of preaching. I, that's kind of like, rather kind of characteristic of if you're going to um, preach, you, you can't always tell everybody everything, and you might have to have a kind of a strategic way of talking about it, so to speak. Uh, and so knowing that to be the case, and then um, and then, hearing that there were sects outside of ISKCON that thought of it differently, and that therefore there being a... We lived kind of isolated in a way in, in Iskon. the time that Prabhupada was the only Godia saint in the, outside of India, and those in India were rather obscure, hmm, um, unknown, and so forth. And so, he lived in the bubble of the way he explained things and so forth. Hmm? And he explained things as he heard from Bhakti Siddhanta, who explained things largely as he heard from Bhakti Vinod. Hmm? Bhakti Vinod had a special position in the Sampradaya because he's the first to really interface the lineage with the modern world and thoughts, thought currents of the time. Hmm? in the world, and in the English-speaking world. Britain was occupying uh, India at the time. And so, that's a very unique situation. Now, to start talking about Gaudiya Vaishnavism, and do that, in at the same time, trying to understand the currents of thought of the um, of the persons with whom you're trying to share it with, and so forth. This was an exercise that Bhaktivinoda Thakur was involved in. And so, that, that being the case, and then, in time, also, as I said, experiencing, because after Prabhupada left the world, then um, there, in his own formal institution, there were some shortcomings on the part of uh, the spiritual leadership. And so by Krishna 's arrangement, other sadhus from outside of Iskon came to fill the gap. As Krishna says, "Evam parampara praptam," "Imam rajasha yogi So, whenever the Sakalena Mata yoganashta whenever the teachings get uh, covered or um, distorted to a certain extent, then he's going to invest new energy in the lineage, which basically means to bring out other devotees hmm, who can bring clarity and so forth. So, um, first, there are other devotees within the lineage. The, the 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 in the larger sense of it, the party bar, the family of Bhaktivinoda, like Pujapadshri Sridhar Maharaj, for example, Bhakti Puri Goswami Maharaj, who were God brothers, and then you have Keshav Maharaj who passed away, but his disciple uh, Vinanta Narayan Maharaj, hmm, who'd be like a spiritual kind of what cousin of mine, hmm, but older than me, senior. Um, he also. Um, uh, became involved in the international preaching scene, so you had some other influences. Now, these were all within the Paribhara Bhakti Vinod. Hmm. They tended to explain certain issues the same way. Hmm. But there was uh, one issue, which is the fall of the jiva issue. Hmm. You know, how did the jiva get in its you know present condition and so forth? That Prabhupada Explain in two different ways, and they were radically different. Whereas, in other lineages from Bhagdima, they all explained it in the same way, and still, it that explanation is a little different than the lineages outside of Bhaktivinoda who didn't have interface with the modern world, and so forth. And so, connected to that issue, so-called fall of the jiva, which doesn't exist, um, is the issue. Of whether praying, bhakti, love of God, is inherent in the constitution of the jiva, or it's not and is acquired. Hmm? So, you, if you see, if you see for some period of time discussion on either the issues, the other issue will inevitably arise. It will come up. Hmm? Um. And so the one issue, the first issue about the fall of the jiva was um, it actually first came up because Sridhar Maharaj um, made a point in one of his darshan just discussing where it was clear that, that there was no fall and Prabhupada oftentimes said there was although he had said the opposite as well. Hmm? I don't think anybody had gone and sorted all that out and researched it and, and so where there was no they heard it one way from Prabhupada or another way and they accepted as such. And so some of the devotees heard from Siddha and they thought that was different than the way Prabhupada said it. And so it became a an issue hmm, to sort out, so to speak. That was the, the genesis of it. That was, you know, back in the 1980s. Hmm? And then... Um, Later on, it didn't become that big of an issue because at that shortly thereafter, ISKCON cut themselves off from the good advice of Pujapanchritamaraj and um, they had somewhat of an offensive posture towards him, unfortunately. And uh, so those of us who were connected with him were separate, went our ways and so forth. Um, But we all had the, were of the clear understanding that nobody falls from from Goloka. and many people in ISKCON maintained the other idea. And then, in the, later on, in the, must have been in the when was it the nineties or hmm? yeah, I think it was nineteen ninety five. The um, ISKCON had engaged a devotee in translating the Sandarbhas. Jiva Goswami. And so it's clear from the Sundarvas that nobody falls from vaikuntha And so in doing the translation the point came out and then some of the um, ISKCON devotees involved in publishing they took exception to that. And, and then a big this was within ISKCON a debate kind of ensued, and the devotee who, who who was doing the translations, he had a connection with with a sadhu outside of Iskon, also who was expert in the Sandarbhas, who he was learning them from, and um, so it became a big controversy. And then that devotee wrote a book called "Not Even the Leaves Fall." From the trees in Vaikuntha. <laughs> and he made a very definitive book on the subject. And he offered it for clarification for the sect. Hmm? Um, that they might be, you know, clear on the point. And rather than read the book, they reacted very emotionally uh, to it based on their conviction, having heard something that Prabhupada had said um, a couple of times on the one side. Hmm? Uh, that there's a fall, um, they um, they 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 kicked him out of the society and banned the book, hmm? and so um, he's independent now, and he became initiated by that sadhu, hmm? and he has his own. That sadhu's passed away, and he he's kind of the successor. He has his own own sect, um, so. This was in 1995, so the issue became bigger. This is the one issue: fall of the jiva, right? Hmm? And um, and uh, and again, then related to that comes this other issue: is bhakti inherent in the jiva? Hmm? If it was, then I suppose he could. Uh, if he was already in the spiritual world then he would have bhakti and have fallen down it would be inherent something like that so um, um, I was, had been outside of Iskon by the time this book of the leaves came out I'd been out of ISKCON for uh, 10 years or so a decade or so carrying on independently and so on and um, and um, being independent you have exposure at this time you have exposure to other sadhus and there's no restrictions where you can go and you can't go and so on and so forth. So I became familiar with um, um, uh, other sects independent of the Bhakti, you know Gita paribara how they thought about such issues and so forth. And so the related issue mm, arose and the fact that it's gone in Yaskana, the Bhakti Gita you know, Paribhara sometimes it's talked about in this way that it's inherent and sometimes it's talked about that it's not also to a lesser extent but both sides are brought up by even not even Prabhupada and so then um, I um, uh, uh, looking at the core texts and looking at the argument it was clear to me that uh, that uh, that the uh, idea that it's inherent it doesn't um, have any um, standing in terms of the the original text, core text, and the common sense, also, which, house, house, which is how it will register with you when I explain it. Hmm? Yeah, how could bhakti be uh, inherent in the jiva when it's a blessing and so on and so forth, and and uh, we just did a whole discourse on Baba Bhakti how it comes by the blessing of a devotee and uh, or the blessing of Krishna or by sadhana. Hmm. If it's already there, then hmm, why you need a blessing, why you need to do sadhana, so on and so forth. Anyway, I've explained it many times. So. Um, so, in that way, it was kind of a... a, a uh, hmm. To even be aware that there was was an issue sometimes requires some event happening and then and you say, oh, there's two, uh, somebody's thinking like this, and, uh, and you have to sort it out. So, as it became apparent, then I sorted it out. I was one, though, you know, that who was, who was, I would say, in, in you know, when Prabhupada was here also, we weren't restricted in the ways that, that sometimes after Prabhupada's um, departure, some of the authorities in ISKCON restricted the devotees. I mean, I was still a member of ISKCON for several years after Prabhupada. Uh, departed, um, but during its presence, I mean, I first read, for example, the Dharma, the book of Bhakti Vinod in, in like the 1970s uh, um, when Prabhupada was here and it was kind of a we call it Benguish it was half Bengali and half English you know, it wasn't, wasn't a good translation but I was so interested in the subject that I would sort through it in these terrible sentences and so forth and try to See what was being said there, hmm. and other people would uh, would think that it was you know it was almost a deviation to be trying to read you know a book that Prabhupada hadn't written. But uh, when when I was uh, it was younger and and I was in in Los Angeles Temple, um, at one point Prabhupada sent a shipment of books to Los Angeles. They were small books, mostly all published by uh, different branches of Gaudiya Moth, hmm? um on different subjects, books of Bhakti Siddhanta, books of Bhakti Vinod, books of uh, Bhakti Pradeep Tirta, Maharaj, and so forth. And during the Sunday Feast, uh, which they had a Sunday Feast every Sunday, it was like a love feast, we used to call it, people would come and we'd serve up prasadam and do kirtan and give a lecture. Then I would man the book table and I had all these books, as the books that we were selling. That time we didn't have very many of Prabhupada's books, mm-hmm. um, so I, I kind of grew up like that, knowing that there were other texts and they were had <laughs> value. And so forth. anything, anything about Krishna, I'm interested in any book, and even even secular texts that I can get something from about Krishna consciousness, I'm very eager to, to read and so forth. Hmm. Um, they used to say about Sri Aurobindo that if he read Sri reading the newspaper was like reading the Vedas. So he would read it in a certain way, you know, in a certain yeah. fixation, and so forth, and then think about everything in relation to that, and so forth. So I was a little bit way <laughs> like like that. It's my, my nature. So uh, I was also very. Um, Always very concerned about defending the, the lineage and so forth because the lineage of Bhagavad Gita Saraswati Thakur, there's some controversy that surrounds it because he was a very controversial person in that he was a reformist and, um, and, um, he, he, his life was threatened and, um, there was an assassination, assassination attack on him from the smart Brahmins, the Hindus, who were misrepresenting the varnashram and the caste system, in ways that were suppressing people and so forth. And he, and the, the uh, at the request of his father, Guru Bakhtivinod had preached against that. And so these people were upset with him. There was an assassination attack, an attempt on his life during during a kirtan in Nadia, in Nadia. and um, and uh, the other group then that he critiqued was his own group, the Ghodiyas, hmm, where there was a fair amount of misrepresentation that Bhaktivedanta himself documented. Hmm, and uh, he pointed out, I think, 13 different sects, sects that claimed allegiance to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or to be representative of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that there were significant philosophical deviations uh, at their core of those groups, and... Um, so they were heterodox; they were not in accordance with the orthodox teachings of of rupa goswami hmm? and um, so bhakti Siddhanta gave shape to that. bhakti Thakur was kind of like talked about it, put it out there, and then bhakti Siddhanta took it and you know did something with it, kind of like Prabhupada used to give this adage in like a needle and out like a plow so bhakti kind of go in like a needle. And then Bhaktisiddhanta would understand, this is what he really is saying, this is what he really means here. So he came out, you know, like a plow, and so it was rather um, um, confrontational, hmm, as experienced by the smartas and by other Gaudiya people, hmm, whom he was um, critiquing, seeing persons, take initiation in to Vaishnavism from persons who were in a lineage that came, for example, from Nityananda Prabhu or from Advaita. Hmm. But this is many, many generations later, and they didn't give the the uh, corresponding Siksha instructions and explain the the the, 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 the teachings and so on and so forth, and became more or less of a way, uh, of a more more or less a way of life. Hmm. I'm a descendant of Nityananda, therefore, you should be initiated by me, and and then um, um, you should give me some percentage of your income, something like this. But um, there was no uh, sharing of the and the, the, the conceptual orientation, the proper knowledge. of, And so without that knowledge, the, the diksha is not going to fructify. And, and then the question of what kind of diksha it is anyway, what kind of initiation it was. Anyway, the person didn't have any substance, spiritual substance. And so this kind of deterioration, if you will, of the uh, of the sect... Which is the kind of thing Krishna speaks about, speaks about in the Gita, and I cited it earlier. Avam param imam rajash. the by the influence of time, sometimes the teachings become obscured, and then I reinvest energy. And so, Bhakti, we is an example of that reinvestment of energy. Hmm? He was called by a popular, popular sector of Hindu by a Hindu journalist who was famous. He was called the Seventh Goswami, hmm? and it kind of stuck. So we have the six Goswamis, the founders, and Dumbaktivanod comes several hundred years later. The nature of his reforms were similar. They established the places of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan. He established the places of Krishna's pastimes in Navadweep, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, birthplace and other places in his Navhadweep Dhammahat yeah, that he wrote. And of course he wrote many books and uh, representing them and so forth. But again, he also did it with in a, 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 an effort to interface with the Western world. So there were some nuanced ways in which he wrote about some things also. Hmm. But Bhaktisiddhanta took, took the mantle, if you will, from him, the torch from him, and then he blazed you know, throughout India, and he was collecting disciples from the educated sector of society. Hmm. Two good examples are Pujapachita Marjana Om Bhakti Bhaktivedanta Swami, Prabhupada, my gurus, they were both college men and both part of Gandhi's movement, which the whole of India was swept up by the, the, um, the uh, movement for, for liberation, hmm? young and educated men especially. And Bhakti Siddhartha was able to draw them out of that and make light of that idea of Swaraj, of liberation, it being a political form of liberation. Hmm? In comparison to the the higher idea of, of of liberation and beyond that, of course, the attainment of of preem. and so he gave such uh, insightful kind of made such an insightful type of presentation of Gaudiya Vaishnavism that it had currency amongst educated people. Hmm? Another famous disciple of Kinchina, Krishna Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj, was a was a track star hmm? at some university. So these were people. They weren't like local village people born in Navidweep. Okay, this is my religion. I take initiation. You know, nominal Godias, if you will, like we have so many nominal Christians. Now we have nominal Godias in the West too. <laughs> but, um, um, and these were people who were really converts. I have likened to Thakur to the original, the first convert. He himself was Western educated. Hmm? And then and, ref, and reflected back on his tradition, and on the tradition of the Bhagwat in light of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, and which brought him to um, identify himself wholly with with Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So, um, Bhakti Sadanta's preaching and it was very powerful, hmm, and um, and he. Improvised in certain ways and form and the way he formed a, a, a mission and the way he dressed some of his disciples and so forth and his emphasis on, on publishing books and, a, dyna- and a, dyna- a dynamic idea of kirtan through distributing them widely and, and all these things were very foreign to the Gaudiya um, community. Hmm? He sent two disciples to Vrindavan. They were dressed as they looked like Catholic priests like in black pants and suit coat and shirt with a white collar, shaved heads, sikas, and tilak. Mm. And and he was thinking these would be the emissaries. They would go, you know, in the western dress and distinguish ourselves at the same time. And they were stoned in Vrindavan. Mm. And the party of Bhaktisiddhanta that came to do the circumambulate the Dham and so forth that was stoned by them hmm, by Godia people. So um, there was there's an example of you know, kind of more of attachment to identification with form hmm, and symbols and so forth that uh, gets in the way of being able to recognize the essential teaching hmm, wrapped in a new package and so forth. After all, they were going to another planet you know going to england you know going to the united states and so forth so um, so at any rate he uh, yeah he he, he caused um, he got under the under the skin caused some horripilation mm. uh, uh, <laughs> and fear if you will he was sometimes called singha guru lion guru uh, in the hearts of of Gaudius, who had some skeletons in the closet some they were hypocritical hmm. so they really took exception to him and there was apparently in his estimation a lot of that uh, going on and so um, so um, so such was the nature of his uh, his, his preaching and 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 this fall issue maybe was tweaked a little bit by by bhakti vinod and this inherent was tweaked a little bit uh, in consideration of preaching to christians and the fall is there from eden and so on and so forth and and um and um what but at any rate yeah this is just some history i guess <laughs> um um and uh, I was saying how I was uh, defending. Huh? defending, right, right, yeah, that's the point, so defending. So um, when some of their, uh, as a student, as a member of the Pari Bhakti Vinod had, or Bhaktisiddhanta had been um, ruffling the feathers of people, as I say. And so and what happened then historically is after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta from the world, hmm, then one of the leading members of the Gaudiya Math um, uh, defected, so to speak, from the teachings of Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakura. And, um, and without the, his presence, which was very powerful, hmm, Gaudiya Math, didn't, which was the name of the institution, didn't have the same power. hm that it did. And so the crit- those who had been criticized hmm, by Bhakti Siddhanta, then, you know, they kind of had, got some energy, so to speak. Gaudiya Mata was a little weak. And, and, um, and so, when, by the time I came along, of course, Prabhupada had emerged and formed another society called ISKCON, which had all the power of, of Gaudiya Maut and was going all over the world and so forth but in due course after his departure and we came out of the bubble that he had created that we lived in and we were part of a larger Godia world especially having then come out of Iskhan under the guidance of Sridhar and then with the passing of Sridhar Marj. so I became exposed to a number of other sects and so forth and their thoughts and their criticisms of Bhakti Siddhanta. Which they got energy from, uh, from the, the one of the leading people who had defected from Goldia after his departure, and they weren't moral issues or anything like that, but they 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 they, they were purely form issues that were presented as being substance issues. Hmm. There was a certain form that was traditional. Um, outside of the Bhakti Vinod Paripar or Bhakti Siddhanta for giving initiation where you would get a a Diksha Patra initiation letter that said, he's been initiated by me and and I'm the guru and this is the Param guru and so on and so on and so forth and some other details. And Bhakti Siddhanta was asked by Bhakti Vinod to take initiation from from Gaur Das Babaji Maharaj. He had given him the initiated him in Harinam, or, or given him the Nishinga Mantra. And he told him to take Diksha from Gorkishore. He hmm? was a contemporary of Bhakti and so Bhakti Sadanta did. And in in their presence, the presence of Gorkishore and Bhakti he began initiating with their blessings and started his mission. But after his departure, some people critiqued and said he wasn't really initiated. Where's the Diksha Patra? Hmm? He didn't have a Diksha Patra. And and also there was a custom that when you got initiated, then the guru would say, and your name is Krishna Das, and you are such and such gopi, and this is your service, and this is the color of your dress, and so forth. So Bhakti Bhaktisiddhanta didn't do that. And he felt that much of that that was going on was just being made up by people. And they weren't really siddhas who could reveal such and so forth. And he emphasized, that will be revealed by the power of the holy name, which is what he said he was told by Gorkashore. your swarup will be realized in the syllables of the Hare Krishna mantra. That's what Gorkashore told him, according to Bhaktisiddhanta. Hmm? And so, Gorkashore it was Gorkashore who broke form, so to speak, you know, uh, if you will. And uh, it's it's it sounds silly, but people really took this seriously, and um, and so they questioned the lineage of of Bhakti Sadanta, whether he was really initiated, and they spread these type of rumors around, and and uh, and then they began to examine the teachings and found some maybe nuanced ways in which he spoke about things, and and so on and so forth, and found fault and so on. So I, I became exposed to all of that. Hmm because wherever you go, you know, you hear things. And, and so I was a, a strong defender of our, our mission. And um, at, uh, at one point I was doing some um, research into this subject, um, and Guvindamara is the successor of, of, of Sridhar Maharaj, i asked him some questions about some things, and he said, you know, this trip Marimarsh, she has real guru to go into these issues. Means a strong conviction about the guru and his teaching To go into these issues, they are very, you know, there are questions that are hard to answer there, and they say, you know. But I was never intimidated by that. I had conviction, because I had experience, so I knew I was connected to a live wire. <laughs> so I never had any, any doubt about that. Um, but so I got into a number of issues, and I've written some things about it, also, like my booklet Shiguru Guru Parampara." Maybe you've read that. Um, what was the subtitle? Uh, Bhakti Vinod, Bhakti Air of the What's the esoteric, esoteric. Teachings. Teachings of of Kedar Nath yeah. Bhakti something like that. Yeah. So <laughs> that was I was there was some research I did about the whole idea of it was there was just argument that Bhakti Siddhanta wasn't properly initiated and these formal things weren't in place. So, so it was about about that and other related issues. Mm. The brother of Bhakti Siddhanta, one of the brothers, Lalit Prashad, he was working with Bhakti Siddhanta. Mm. And at a certain point, Bhakti Siddhanta started making these innovations and making the idea to make big temples and stuff, and and uh, which wasn't typical, although the Goswamis made big temples in Vrindavan. which took some power to do, and they got the patronage of kings to do it. So you can imagine the power and the contemporary nature of their discourse you know, to attract the aristocracy of the world, uh, of India at the time. But um, in the time of Bhaktisdanta, people weren't building big temples. Hmm. Um, But he wanted to build big temples, and then his brother said, oh, you're deviating from the Raghmarg, making these big temples, and you bring in all these people you know, from the world of Maya and so forth, and things are changing. He didn't want to have anything to do with it. So he criticized Bhaktisiddhanta hmm. also. Lalit Prashad was his name. Uh, he had his own lineage. So anyway, dealing with all these issues, I, you know, I wrote some things, and it was my nature to get involved in them. So the, the inherent um, was a was an ongoing one. And uh, as it became you know, prominent, I, I looked at it carefully and and uh, came to the obvious uh, conclusion. Hmm. And it's, um, it's 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 uh, it's like the fall issue, although it's a little more subtle. Hmm. And the extent to which Prabhupada talked about the fall issue in contradictory ways. Dramatically contradictory. He didn't do so as much to the same extent with the same clarity as he did uh, he, with the with the inherent svarupa issue, whether bhakti is inherent in the constitution of the jiva. Mm-hmm. And so, it's harder to talk to some of Prabhupada's disciples or other followers of in the Godinath, in 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 the Bhakti Vinod paribar and point out to them how this is, appears to be related to more of a preaching strategy when they emphasize like this than it is to the siddhanta, the core teaching. And it may have been useful at a certain time, like all strategies, but now in time we should understand the, the siddhanta on it and, and that will have more currency in terms of a preaching strategy in the present, present time. Which is my opinion, so I do emphasize it. But um, that's kind of the history of how we arrived at uh, at the wanting to make that point strongly. It um, you know it, it, it is an important, very important point because it misunderstood. It lends to a sense of self-reliance that hmm? is foreign to uh, the culture of bhakti. Bhakti is not a self-reliant teaching. It jiva it, Erasuru it is, Poi it Jiva-yara-sulu-poyi-krishna-nitidas. Hmm? It's a very verse that might be misconstrued to say that the living entity has the bhakti internally in him. It doesn't say that. It says the jiva is eternally subordinate to Krishna. Hmm? So, as I often say, our path, unlike yoga or jnan. they it, which are effort-based. Hmm? Ours is grace-based. We make an effort to get grace. Hmm? It's a very, very different idea. So we're Krishna-reliant. Hmm? And we we understand bhakti to be a blessing, a gift. It's not our right. Hmm? So, again, if we emphasize it's inherent, this can lead to a sense, if, if that's played out, misunderstood, emphasized, in, in, in a certain way, then you know, it, it can lend to a kind of a self-reliant sensibility, mm-hmm. where it's inherent in me, and and you might think, "Why I need a guru? Mm-hmm. It's already in me. I just chant, and it'll come out." And, mm-hmm. and we s- have seen thinking like this in some circles, in the name of Gaudi Vaishnavism, which is a very gross misrepresentation. Mm-hmm. So, no, it comes as a, as 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 a grace, as 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 a blessing. Hmm. Therefore, the term is there. Bhakti lata bij, bij means seed. So the seed of the of the vine of bhakti, and the very word lata means vine or creeper. It, it, it's a very important word. Hmm. The tree isn't used, but the vine is used, because again, the metaphor is one. It promotes the idea of dependence and and reliance upon another. Hmm? The vine relies upon the tree in order to grow, right? Somebody's been watering those vines on my deck. They grow up And the... Who's doing that? Maybe nature. You, oh, you've done a good job. It's the best they've ever looked. was noticing today um so uh, the vine and then the seed so you need the seed where you, it said the guru gives the seed of the of the vine of bhakti so and then the watering process is the siksha so the diksha is the giving the seed and the siksha is the watering of the seed you need both you need the seed and you need the watering hm both from the guru and and the Vaishnavas, right? And uh, and what if it's already there? Then what's the seed of bhakti that's given to you if it's already there in you, inherent? Then what's the seed, right? No. So the uh, that that that's, very term is used in in the Bengali and. Chetan Chartam Britta Brahmanda Brahmitekon Bhagavan Guru Krishna Prashade Bhai Bhakti latabheja. The Jiva is wandering throughout the universe and it becomes fortunate by the grace of Guru and Krishna he gets the seed of of the vine of bhakti. And then it's planted in the heart and the watering process of hearing, chanting, and hearing means hearing instructions and discussion, participating in discussions like this and so forth. It's all watering the seed, but the seed's already there. Again, there's no need to give it, right? Mm. So it's not that the seed is there. It's, it's given. Mm. And, um, and also, in a number of places, there are, for example, in the Gita, in the second chapter, there's a, a description of the Atma. I often say the first six chapters are about you second six chapters are about Krishna and the fact that you have a relationship with him of being dependent and so forth. Hmm? Um, and in that first six chapters about you, about the atma, it's never said anywhere that the atma is, has bhakti inside of it. Hmm? Bhakti comes really in the next six chapters. It appears for a moment in the fourth chapter. Hmm? When Krishna addresses Arjuna, oh, because you're my friend and devotee, therefore I share with you this knowledge that sometimes is lost and and therefore I reinvest energy in it, as I said. Hmm? But the middle six chapters comes with theology and Krishna's introducing himself and his powers and how and how the jiva is one of his his powers, one of his shaktis, but in that sense, dependent upon him and so forth. Hmm? So, but in the but in the description of the Atma itself, you don't find any 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 mention of and it has bhakti in it. And, and bhakti is constituted of Krishna's superior power, his his um, internal energy. We call it the Swarup Shakti. There's the Maya Shakti. There's the Swarup Shakti, and then there's the Jiva Shakti. The Jiva Shakti is also appropriately, appropriately named the Tatasta Shakti. Tatasta means that it can exist in different environments. Hmm. Tata, it means kind of like not either here nor there. It's compared to the line that demarks the water from the sand, which you can't put your finger on. Hmm? It's an imaginary line. Hmm? So the jiva, that means the jiva is either influenced by the environment of the Maya Shakti or influenced by the environment of the Sarup shakti. And if there is any in between, it's brahma-sayuja, merging with brahman, which the Vaishnavas call spiritual suicide. Hmm. So, in that situation, the Atma doesn't know it's an individual, it may as well not exist. Eternal, um, how we say, um, contentless awareness, which... Doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Content, let awareness. We just can't wrap our head around that idea. So, tatasta, This is it's it's either influenced by the Maya Shakti. It's on the shore, or it's influenced by the Srupa Shakti. It's in the ocean of Bhakti Rasa, and so accordingly, this is the nourishing aspect of our being, which by its nature lends itself to such nourishment so we have a nature that lends itself to being nourished and to understand ourselves we have to understand that we are a unit of of being that has a potential of becoming hmm, all that we can be in conjunction with the spiritual environment which is bhakti hmm? bhakti is the essence of this Swarup Shakti. Hmm. And so that comes to us through the Guru Parampara, this bhakti. Hmm. Now we come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti. Hmm. And we do engage in hearing, chanting, this is all the influence of the Sarup Shakti, deity worship, discussing texts and so on and so forth. Hmm. So this is a particular environment and as in a time in that environment, then you're and then and and you can, just like you can in relation to the material environment, a material personality develops. Hmm? A spiritual personality will develop. Hmm? So it's it's not inherent, but there is something inherent in you hmm? that is a potential that, given the bhakti environment, will come out. Hmm? And you can be all you can be. Now, depending upon that environment, if it's a sakya environment, if it's a madhuri environment, it's a vatsalya environment, vatsalya yeah. will come out. sakya will come out. madhuri will come out. Hmm. So when we say it's a, it's a potential that I can be, it doesn't mean that you have a potential for Madhuriya or another has a potential for Sakya. Hmm. You have a potential... To, to respond to the 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 specific nature of the spiritual environment that you're blessed to come in contact with and then with your will you you embrace that and and that there's an ongoing culture hmm. you follow? so it's subtle in a sense and i mean there's a there's a the Gita does say that this, the, the Atman is not subject to transformation. So you have to understand this point. Because someone will say, well, it must be inherent, otherwise there's a transformation. Hmm. But what it means when it says it's not, it doesn't undergo transformation, it means it doesn't undergo the transformations that all material things undergo. Birth, death, birth, growth, maturation, giving off of byproducts, dwindling, and dying. Hmm and starting over again. I mean, um, or, or you can say all material things are subject to transformation, right? They all have a beginning and an end, and, and so forth. So the atma's not like that. Hmm? And it's not a foreign imposition, but again, it's what the, what the atma, as Tathasta Shakti, has the potential for. Hmm? So it's a unit that has uh, of being that has a potential, given the right environment. It has a nature that lends itself to nurture. So all that you are includes the nurture. So the more you talk about it like that, then the more it it, it, it doesn't... When saying it's not inherent, it doesn't at the same time sound like it's in some artificial imposition. We say it's a blessing. Look at it another way. What happens when a young man... Falls in love okay he's the same guy, hmm? but he's different <laughs> he thinks hey I 'm really something you know, and uh, feel great about myself because she thinks i'm great and I'm getting that energy and and so forth he didn't he's not a different person, but he has a certain potential for loving just using a material example. And if someone loves him, then it comes out, right? So we have a certain potential to love. That's a fact. We are the object of love in this world. Matter is not the object of love. Love is about giving. What can matter give? We can give ourselves to matter, but we really give ourselves to ourselves. We invest ourselves in matter, and then that matter matters to us. Hmm? Because now it's my house, my car, my property... It's me that matters, right? So the self is the object of love in this world. So it's a unit of loving capacity, we can say. Hmm. But in order to love, there needs to be a significant other. So that other is Krishna. Hmm. Significant consciousness other. So if he comes into our life, then we can be all we can be. Hmm. So when we speak about it like this, then it doesn't seem like it's... As it might sound at first, it's an artificial add-on. Hmm. No. It's, again, we have a nature that lends itself to nurture. Now, the problem in material life is is that the environment is asat, achit, and Nirananda. Hmm. So it's temporary. All the things are here today and gone tomorrow. It's achit, but not cognizant. Hmm. As we are hearing, to put Sri Teaching we were reading in the morning in, in, in a phrase, huh? uh, stone is an idea, but stones don't have ideas. You follow? <laughs> stone is an idea, but stones don't have ideas. Hmm? <laughs> so matter and consciousness—they're different. Hmm? Matter is—is is in a sense a. Part of consciousness. They're all conceptions. The things they're real, real conceptions. Anyway, we label them. We think so. Matter is asat, achit, and nirananda. It has no bliss inherent in it. No loving capacity inherent. No no capacity to reciprocate with us. Hmm. We imagine that, and we uh, you say. Um, anthropomorphize things, and so forth. This is all effort to you know to to, to love, <laughs> uh, to get love, to get to get juice out of a rock, to get an idea out of a stone. You know, uh, instead of understanding the stone as an idea. So the problem, <coughs> therefore, for, for the jiva, in terms of its potential in the material environment, is that this is not a fit. The material environment and the jiva. The jiva can exist in the material environment, but it's 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 like a fish out of water. They have objective and the subjective, and and there's there's a clash. There's uh, whereas with the spiritual environment, it is chit also. It is sad. It is chit. It is ananda. We call it sambit, sundini, ladini. Hmm? And they, the words mean the same as such chit, ananda, but they imply. A greater uh, measure of it, hmm? bhakti, being constituted of some bit ladini and sandini, and, and, and some bit sandini, some bit ladini, means being, knowing, and loving. That being, knowing, and loving has the power to dissipate the influence of maya. Maya cannot stand in her presence, and it has the power to overwhelm Krishna. We are being, knowing, and loving. Sachianda but we don't have the power to dissipate Maya, therefore under influence. what speak of the power to overwhelm Krishna? We don't hmm? that's apparent hmm? but we are Sachidananda, and so is the sarup Shakti being knowing and loving, and so the these two this is a good fit. Hmm? you follow. For the jiva. this environment, the Jiba can, can thrive within. Hmm? So the, um, it's kind of an extension of, 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 of himself. Sridhar used to give an example of, uh, if, you, if you have um, some capital and the, your purchasing power is limited, then you get the help of a bigger capitalist, an investor. Mm-hmm. and then with the help of the investor, then you can realize something more. So this, we get some connection with the Sarup shakti, means we get an investor in our life, and then our ability to, to be, to know, and to love is enhanced considerably. Mm-hmm. And we can be and know and love in relation to Krishna. Mm-hmm. So this is a, f- a, real, a real fit for the jiva. This is its full potential. Its potential is not being realized, in relation to the material environment, a distorted kind of shadow representation of what you could be is coming out. A personality with desires and so forth, all of which are at odds with everybody else's desire. They're all off-center. They have nothing to do with Krishna. In the spiritual world, everybody has desires, but they're all centered on Krishna. It's all for the pleasure of Krishna. All under the srupa shakti, which is only moving uh, for the pleasure of Krishna, orchestrating everything, following Krishna like a shadow, anticipating any any some any desire, and its mani- facilities manifested. This is how she's working. So to come under that influence, then we'll move in that way. Mm. So, so this is yeah. Uh, but you know, this is how the bhakti is not inherent, but there is something inherent in the jiva. That enables us to to um, take advantage of bhakti and be a lover, and it is that we have some loving capacity. Hmm? We have some capacity to love. We're not we're not innate inert like matter. Hmm? Does that help? You got it. Yeah. What else? What's the time? Okay, well, that's pretty much taken up the time, right? We had a beautiful day today, huh? Another one tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll get to work. <laughs> we need to do spring cleaning and such. Hmm. And while doing so, well, we'll employ in our meditation the metaphor of Chaitanya was weeding. We said there was the planting of the seed and weeds grow too. Hmm. Unfortunately, when you water you didn't plant them, but there they are. Hmm. So, they're already there, those seeds. So, you have to be diligent, right? And pull those up. Bhakti lata beej ki jai. jai. Bhakti Devi ki jai. 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 Sri Sri ki jai. Jai. Sri Gauri Guru Paramparā ki jai. jai. Bhakti Vinod Parivar ki jai. jai. Gaur ki jai. ki jai. Gaur